welcome to Family Financial Views from University of Illinois Extension. Welcome everyone. My name is Kamaya Wallace-Bichard and today we have another wonderful topic for you. It's a new year and we always like to start off the new year with something fun. So we're going to be exploring mindfulness money practices. But before I jump in, I'm going to have my colleagues introduce themselves. Kathy. Hi, um, this is Kathy Sweebler, and I teach out of East Central Illinois, and I'm really looking forward to today's conversation. And I'm Seisha Grabenstetter, and I, again, as normal, am here for all the tidbits and give you comical relief. We love it. We absolutely love it. So the concept of mindfulness have been one that has become very popular. Um, um, and I know for a lot of people, they've heard it in some context or the other. But financial educators and researchers and other professionals have been interested in how this topic or how this concept um, can be adapted to thinking about like money management strategies that can help us have like a wonderful financial well-being. So just a disclosure, we are not experts in mindfulness. We are educators who are exploring this concept and to kind of incorporate it with some of the existing work that we already do, the work that we do that really matters. And we always look for new ways that we can help, um, whether it's our volunteers, our community members, other folks that we work with um, to develop like healthy money money habits. Here I go with that. So a big thing for us with with thinking about mindfulness, again, um, one thing that I think about too, again, it's a growing area of interest, but I'm also curious in what my colleagues already know about mindfulness. So I know about mindfulness um, through some of our family life educators who are fabulous, by the way. So shout out to them. We love them. Um, but the other thing is I do a lot of mindfulness with meditation already. So, mm-hmm. but um, applying it to money management and looking over this, um, podcast outline for the last few days and thinking about it, it's really kind of stretched me as an educator, I feel like. And I think, you know, I've been into mindfulness for a while, just personally, but then um, I really do like the fact that I've been able to see more of it in the literature for financial education. And I also think that with the kind of worldwide concerns we have right now is really kind of forced me to pull in and practice my mindfulness personally, just a little bit more so that... um, I can stay present and stay, you know, focused on the things that matter. So I think it's great to try to take really good strategies from other areas and pull them into our financial behaviors and education. So good topic. Yes. And, you know, we have done topics that focus on, you know, the beginning of the year. So focusing on like goal setting and different things like that. So we wanted to do something a little bit different, um, you know, kicking off 2021. Can you believe it? We're in 2021. No, I can't believe it. No. <laughs> um, so I... I will be um, providing like a kind of a definition, description of mindfulness. But even before we get to that, um, both Kathy and Seisha, when you think about like some of the different techniques or strategies that you've used, like common techniques or things to help you reduce stress in your life, where some of those things been for you? I can start. Um, I love going on hikes and it's winter right now in Illinois. So I am having a hard time just like being inside the house. 
but I love to go on hikes. Um, when I come back, I feel rejuvenated. Um, my mind is clear. I come up with like great ideas for like podcast topics. So different things, <laughs> so different things like that. I love doing hikes. I love traveling and being able to go on hikes to wherever I'm traveling. So that is one of my favorite common techniques. Cassie, you're next. All right. So (laughs) I think I'm always so impressed how effective breathing exercises really are. So when it's I'm in the middle of meetings or work or there's something that is come across my desk that's raising my tension level, then breathing exercises are a fantastic technique because you can you you can apply them anywhere and it doesn't Mm -hmm. take all that long. And you just you know, it really helps. But I interesting enough and now y'all can laugh but um the the mindfulness activity that helps me the most long term is crocheting so if i have a crochet project that doesn't isn't really complicated but i can just sort of do and it sitting down in the evening and doing that for 20 or 30 minutes is overall like my best practice for you know daily Mm -hmm. um, calming I'm just wondering where my cro- my crochet gifts from you are. Like, that's what I want to know. <laughs> I've been, I mean, I've been with you for almost seven years, Kathy. I've never seen a crochet gift in my freaking life. So <laughs> I'm very uh, slow. I'm very <laughs> slow and mindful about I what did. I do. Very much. Very. That makes that makes sense. Um, I guess to like kind of piggyback off of Kamaya, that um, I am a CrossFitter, <laughs> and I so like lifting <laughs> lifting heavy weights. Something about it just like puts me in the zone and it Mm. makes me just makes me feel so much better afterwards. Um, But if I had to say another thing, you know, because not everyone loves working out. I get that. Um, I guess it's just being around my pets, like really just like taking a few minutes to sit down with a cat and just like love on them for a few minutes, like release that tension and stress. I think that's probably been one of my other if it was a long-term benefit, Kathy, that would be my long-term benefit. So Yes. And I think a lot of people would agree with you about being around their pets and like the common effects that that has. Wonderful. So to jump into kind of like a definition, because, you know, we always have to start out with defining things so that we're all starting from the same place. So with mindfulness, it is a philosophy that is rooted in Buddhism and other kind of meditation practices. So mindfulness, there's not one singular kind of definition for it. Lots of researchers have studied it for many, many years. Um, but one thing that, or a couple of things that's common when we think of mindfulness is the idea of like being consciously aware of your present moment. Um, and mindfulness also, like another straightforward way of thinking about it is, you know, it involves like, involve um breathing techniques and other techniques which can help you to become aware of your thoughts and your emotion and to help with increasing your calmness, your reflectiveness, and your thoughtfulness as well. So a big part and a big thing that is common among like different um, folks who focus on mindfulness is that increase with like your self-awareness and your self-observation. And with mindfulness and like these different techniques that it incorporates, it focus on like um, purposefulness, so attention to that, and it can lead to kind of shift in perspective in how we think about like our day to day, how we think about the decisions that we make. And so a lot of times when 
we are working with individuals and we're working on money management um, strategies or, or practices that we we want to see our community members, we want to see um, folks who engage in our programs um, taken a part in. We think about like that shift in perspective. What do we know to be true? And what are some things that um, we can do different, you know, that can help us um, become more self-aware? I think this is like the key place where it really starts to fit with what we're trying to do with a lot of our financial programming, because, yeah, I mean, definitely we're trying to share knowledge, but we're really trying to help people change habits and behaviors. Mm -hmm. And we all know how hard that is. And if I was a different kind of trivia person, I could quote you how many times you have to do something (laughs) one way to break habit the other way, you know, and all of and but. A lot of it is about being aware of what kind of habits and behaviors you've developed and why they've developed. And where do you want to be if not in that habit or behavior? So like this just seems like such a great fit. Yeah. I just want to like say that I think this this goes along along with our Money Personalities podcast that we did. So if you haven't gotten a chance to listen to it, it's uh, pro- it's from season one, which is seems like a million years ago, but <laughs> way back when. You know, mm-hmm. I think some some pieces of mindfulness is just awareness and having that ability to look at something and look at it from a different lens. So mm-hmm. go listen to it. Yes, and you know, even just moving on from that too with. Something that Kathy said about like our work and what we try to do. So in addition to that, um, we do a lot of work where we're working with folks on goal setting and understanding like what their priorities priorities are, looking at like their values and the things that really matter to them. And so one of the pieces with like that shift in mind mindset when we think of like mindfulness is kind of what we they call goal clarification or values clarification. So understanding like what our values are and what are the things that matter to us. And when we work with our mentees and other folks that we work with, that's a very, very important first step for us um, in getting like that, helping people come to like that clarification. Cause we all have things that matters to us, but sometimes mm-hmm. it's nice to just write it down. It's yes. nice to just um, articulate what that actually is. So the decisions that we're making, the money decisions that we're making, how that relates to like our overall values and the goals that we want to set. And I just want to piggyback off something Kathy said, like before we started recording, but I'm going to make her talk about it because <laughs> that's who I am. But, you know, I, th- I think a lot of the things that we do in personal finance do c- kind of go back to like being mindful about your spending or your your credit habits. So Kathy was talking about tracking expenses earlier. So I'm going to let her talk more about that. because I think that was a really good piece. Yeah. Well, I was trying to play in my mind like, okay, so I know I know a little bit about traditional mindfulness, but do we have like best practices that we tell people about that really kind of complement that? And mm-hmm. we talk I for me, I tell people that I think the most change the strategy you could incorporate that'll make the biggest changes in your life is to track your spending. Um, and it's not fun, but I just think it makes a big difference. And there's two reasons. One, it does give you a lot of good data about where your money's going. And then you can make decisions about, is that where you want it to go? Or do you want to move things around? So data is good. But I think the other thing is it makes you much more conscious of where you're spending money. And when you go to spend money, you're more present 
in that time period of spending because you know you're going to have to write it down or record it on your app or however you're tracking. So you're much, it brings that spending to a different place in your brain and you can think on it. You can, you do reflect on it, whether you intend it to or not. Um, and I think that's the same reason that, you know, for other healthy benefits type programs where people track, you know, food intake or exercise is it really kind of just makes you think about it, be mindful of it. Mm-hmm. So tracking spending, I think, is one of those sort of we've been doing it for a long time, asking people to do it for a long time. And it really plays into this theory. Right. Another piece for me with the shift in perspective has to do with like how we adapt to like changes. And I'm sure we all can acknowledge that we've all been doing a lot of adapting over the last year. And so with like some of the mindfulness um, approaches with like focusing on whether it's like breathing, meditation, um, like that self-reflectiveness and that self-awareness is um, being conscious of the changes that we are going through. And sometimes it's, 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 it's right in your face. You can't overlook it, but other times we may not focus um, more attention on that. So um, being able to acknowledge what's going on and developing like responses where we can adapt to like this change. So for folks who are going through a lot of like upheaval right now, like financially, like what are some of the changes you're going through and what are some techniques that they can use to, to move forward with that? But as we're going, we're going to be talking a little bit more about that. But, um, you know, so when I think about like some of the benefits of mindfulness, um, what the research have shown and um, what we know about how mindfulness like helps us as humans, um, it's like it helps with like improving like our well-being. So like that self-reflection, that um, consciousness. And another piece, too, is kind of like that non-judgmental piece where when we're self-reflecting, making sure that um, we acknowledge if we have made a mistake where it comes to like managing finances or other things like that, but not necessarily lingering on that, understanding that we all make mistakes, but how do we move forward with that? And so that's another piece of like some of the benefits with like mindfulness. Any thoughts? I mean, everybody makes mistakes with money. <laughs> I mean, what we do? No way. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure somebody's sitting there thinking right now, that's not true. But I think everybody has made mistakes with money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, sometimes we learn things the hard way, and you know, we have to experience things to be able to go back and say, okay, well, now I'm in a different place, and that's not the way I want to do it the next time, or I'll consider other factors. So. Um, you know, it, it's hot. Money is just such an integrated part of all our lives. And in so many different ways, it's very, I think it, it becomes, it comes up in so many different places in our lives, emotionally, physically, you know, all these different arenas. So yeah, you do need, yeah, I think I agree. Kamai. you gotta like recognize what happened and then move forward. There's like a lot more newer research on mindfulness. I I started exploring um, mindfulness and money management about three years ago when I first started with the extension. And (laughs) it's like three years ago, everybody. Um, And, you know, I look back at like one of my older blog posts 
And then I look at like some of the newer research that came out like in 2019, 20 on mindfulness. And I'm like, oh, there's much more. There is um, some more data that we can use. But I, I think it's important to highlight that even like when we think of like mindfulness and mindful money, um, it's still a growing development area. And so there's still a lot more work that needs to be done in this area. And so, again, we are just exploring this topic. But I wanted to share some of the research I found that I thought was very interesting. So one of the articles that I found from 2019 from Pereira and colleagues focused on mindfulness, money attitudes, and credit management. So it looks at the relationship between mindfulness, um, individual money attitudes, and credit intention um, behaviors. And so from that study, what they found was um, just looking at people's um, individual money personalities, different behaviors and attitudes towards money, how does that affect like their overall like credit usage and you know how people discipline themselves in, uh, you know, deciding whether or not to use credit and how much credit to use. And so they found that by incorporating like some mindfulness strategies, so some of the stuff that we've talked about with like that self-awareness, um, all these different pleas can help like individual um, with like their buying behaviors and their borrowing behaviors and help to reduce like the usage of money um, to gain things like status and help to prepare uh, folks for the future. There's also another piece in here that it could help um, individual reduce like what they call their financial desire. So what is enough? And I've heard this question so much from Carla Richards, um, um, one of the financial professionals that I know we all follow. Um, but he has focused a lot on, you know, when we think of like what is enough. And so for that might look different to different folks. So whether it is, you know, I have this much in investment accounts or um, I have this much put away for my kids education, just under understanding um, like what is enough and to help us um, feel satisfied in like the decisions that we make. So one piece, another part of that article focused on helping individuals reduce like their um, financial desire gap. It also looks at, you know, how mindfulness techniques can help to build like confidence in money management skills. There's a lot of times when we, I know we are working with folks and it just feels, you know, it feels like it's so hard to have like those open and honest conversations about money. And people might feel that they do not have like the knowledge base because they need to know everything about personal finance and able to create like a solid spending plan or a budget. But when we work with folks, that is not the case. That's not what we teach. We try to encourage that piece to help people build confidence in their abilities to handle their finances. And so part of this research is we'll talk about like how you can use uh, mindfulness, like the techniques to help folks um, build that confidence and um, help them to reduce like a different anxieties that come around like money and money management. I, so I have a question and mm -hmm. this might not be, I might be putting you on the spot here. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if somebody is practicing mindfulness and mm -hmm. going through some of the different strategies that is used in mindfulness meditation or whatever they're using, do they have to be focused on finances for it to help that? Or do you think that as they become more, I don't know if the expert's the right word, but as they become more mindful and they're, you know, they're using this more, will it just also kind of bleed over and help with their finances? Absolutely. So think about like using like different techniques in different aspects of your life, whether you have family at home that you use it with, um, you do it individually, like the different techniques that you use, like I feel like it goes 
into like so many different aspects of your life. So whether it is managing finances, managing a household, which, you know, can be crazy. So managing a household, <laughs> managing like school schedules, managing like a course, different things like that. So like these techniques are supposed to be brought to be able to spread over different areas of our lives. And I know with like some of the researchers focusing specifically on money um, behaviors is to try to kind of paint a picture for us on how we can best work with individuals, you know, as they're kind of maybe stressing about money or having anxiety about money, how these different techniques can be incorporated to help reduce that and to help them feel a bit more relaxed as they talk about money and figure out how to manage like what's going on in their financial lives. But great question. I like that question. Well, I was going to say that I think about that that there is a, a very strong relationship between mindfulness and financial being being increased. Mm-hmm. So Kathy knows this, but Kamaya may not know, but when we were writing the All My Money curriculum, I was teaching it at a jail in one of the counties I work in. And one of the things that I did was we did um, the financial well-being scale, the beginning of class and the end of class. So it's about an eight-week class. So I go in once a week and teach them about personal finance matters. And um, long story short, between the first class and the last class of the eight weeks, they didn't build their financial well-being. It didn't change. The number didn't change like overall for the average of the class. And I was completely shocked. And I was like, what is going on? Like we were learning all these things. But I think, you know, they weren't able to actually like focus on doing those things. They weren't able to put into practice the things that we were learning. Mm-hmm. But I also think that they were also very stressed and anxious about those money matter issues. So I think that that this mindfulness piece can actually help build financial well-being for those individuals out there. Yeah. And that's an excellent point because a lot of times when we offer like workshops, different classes, people want solid things that they can take away, right? So if we're saying we're going to talk about like best debt repayment strategies, people want to know solid, concrete things that they can actually do. So I like that idea of incorporating just like different pieces of mindfulness in some of the different things that we do to help with like reducing that anxiety. So that was a great example, Seisha. Thank you. I do my best. (laughs) (laughs) So another um, research article um, by Gentina and colleagues, 2020 article focused on like mindfulness techniques and how it can help to curb or influence like financial behaviors such as credit use or misuse. And this is also one of those other articles where it kind of looks at the interface between uh, mindfulness and um, consumer behaviors and just our habits. And like the article before, this one also tries to to, um, focus on, you know, just the concept of mindfulness, what it has meant, what it does mean, and how does it relate to managing like our money. And so some of the conclusions that they drew from this um, included that mindfulness can help curb with like impulse buying tendencies and when educators like ourselves or other professionals, if if we offer or incorporate mindfulness techniques in our work, that can help consumers make better choices, better decisions. So just like Seisha was saying with like reducing like that anxiety around that. So, you know, we think of like mindfulness using like mindfulness techniques or different training things. And again, we're not professional. So we will still be learning about this. We'll still be learning about like what um, aspects of mindfulness would be most appropriate for like the classes that we we do. But um, the research is showing that if we consciously think about that and incorporate it in our work, it can help with like having positive um, 
um, effect on like consumer behaviors and decision making. So part of it is people thinking about what decision they want to make and people actually making these decisions. So helping them to increase like that awareness can help with like making good financial decisions. Okay, crazy idea here. Mm -hmm. So I know I um, and I don't want to promote any particular app or anything at this time, but I know that there are mindfulness breathing apps that you can put on your phone Mm -hmm. that have, you know, breathing exercises you can turn to. And I don't I think they take like maybe five, 10 minutes or something. And I'm wondering if that would be when we're teaching about impulse spending, if we'd want to investigate and, and and suggest that if you know that one of the things that happens is you kind of get in these modes and you go to the mall or you go turn on the computer and you're doing, you know, spending that you hadn't planned on, impulse mm-hmm. spending, that you first turn on your app and do <laughs> a few breathing exercises. I'm just throwing that out there. What do you think? Do you think that would be an idea? And it's fine to say no. I know we're on a podcast, but... Ah. No, I like that idea. And even like with some of like our um, smartwatches too, like you get breathing reminders and that has helped me more than I thought it would have because lots of things um, going on and there are times when it's like you take like a one minute breather and I, and I, I was kind of nervous about doing it for whatever reason. I don't know why, but then I tried it and it worked really well with just like letting loose. I'm sitting in front of my computer for a few hours and doing like a one minute breathing exercise and how it helped. I think, you know, technology can be really helpful and to use these different things, whether they're smartwatches or, you know, things that measure your steps or, you know, apps that you can turn to when you're feeling anxious. Why not? If it makes our lives easier and it works. So I have different things for different people too. And I'm sorry. Right. Oh, no, you're fine. I just have some thoughts. So my first thought is like, there are things that we have, like I was thinking about the all my money curriculum only because I guess I'm nostalgic and thinking about it. And that, you know, there was that, um, Kathy, you know, I'm talking about the income I do too, the, the buying card. Yes. Like, yeah. Yes. So that so you put in front me, of your credit card. Yes. Which like, was, you know, questions to ask yourself before yes. you pull out your credit card and you slipped it in your wallet in front of the credit card. That's assuming these days you have to take your credit card out of your wallet True. to use it. True. Mm-hmm. Um, but my other thought is like, do people expect there to be money mindfulness techniques? Do you know what I mean? Like that's, I think that was a, was a great question that Kathy asked earlier about like, well, does any mindful technique work? And I think that mm-hmm. uh, as research goes on to see like what becomes not standard practice, but you know, like this some common ones. Yeah. Common that, practice. Yeah. yeah. Like, I just wonder if there's like, you know, if you just say a mantra, like I'm not going to be spending money today, like, <laughs> you know, if that would work just as well as breathing mm-hmm. techniques or something that, you know, is more f- money focused. And I wonder if that's what people are looking for too, as well, when we talk about money mindfulness, because I think that's a great question. If anybody's listening and they have an answer, <laughs> you know, uh, let us know if there's research we've missed that we should be looking at or or if you've tried strategies that are, you know, based on what you've experienced in mindfulness and you've tried applying it to finances. Hey, give us a shout out and let us know how that's happening. Maybe we should put that out on our Twitter and see what we get too. What do you think about? Oh, go ahead. I just think about no, the concept I- of... Um, 
you know, the uh, the credit card in the ice cube block. <laughs> like, there, yep. You know, like it's really like it's kind of a mindful technique. Like in I, no, it's not breathing. No, it's not. But like I really have to work hard to get mm-hmm. my credit card out of this ice block. Trust me, I've done it more than once growing <laughs> Especially up. Especially if while you were waiting for it to defrost, you would yeah. practice. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you can't put it in the microwave, you'll zap your card. So I don't know. Just you know, not anymore. You know, you can just put the card numbers in. But back then I was like, Oh, you can't put it in the microwave, you'll you'll kill the card. So <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, that's just where my brain goes. No, I think your question slash statement, just like Kathy said, is very, very important. And I would definitely love to hear feedback from others. But it also leads me into like one of the articles that I found, as I mentioned to you both earlier, on on, uh, Money Under 30 website. So they did an article that focused on, you know, how financial mindfulness can help re- reduce like anxiety. So when we're thinking about like that anxiety reduction and better money management practice, they had like some concrete concepts that they applied to real life examples. Mm-hmm. So that was one that I really liked. And I read through that one and I'm like, yeah, this makes sense. Like, what are some practical tips that we can give to people? What are some takeaways that we can give to folks as they're trying to, you know, understand that where we're coming from with mindfulness and money management and, 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 and the purpose of using that within like our different money management practices? So one of the concepts that I focus on is, of course, one of the popular ones, which is awareness. So um, that focus on yourself, focus on like the present and the now and understanding like what are what what does my spending look like? And we do this all the time. When we do goal setting when we talk to people about like organizing their finances. This is one of the our, one of our initial go to is like, mm-hmm. you know, where's the money coming from and where is it going? Uh, so looking at how we can find like the right tools to help organize and track our finances. And if this is a piece that you think you'd like to explore more, I'd just like to say that our Let's Talk Money webinar series is kicking off on February 2nd. And our first webinar is it's called Who Am I With Money? And I was just reviewing it. And that's really what we do on that webinar is a series of strategies and questions and things to help you explore, you know, be more aware of who you are and how you react to money. So mm-hmm. I'd love you all to join us. And if you would like to register, the link is go.illinois.edu slash talk money. And it'll be in the show notes as well. Awesome. (laughs) All right. So another application, another practical application for with the mindfulness piece and trying to reduce like money anxiety, focus on finding like your balance. And, you know, we're telling you to look a lot internally. And sometimes that is hard when the world feels like it's like chaos all around. It might feel hard. So with like balance, what we focus on with balance is using moderation. So when we're trying to um, figure out like what's the best thing that we should do um, with like our spending habits or spending decision. And part of that is balancing like our needs versus our wants. And I know needs versus wants, very basic, right? We all know what that is. But an important piece with like that balance piece is I know I have my needs, but there are things that I also want, things that are going to bring me happiness. This is a stressful time. So understanding like what those are and making like those active decisions to say, I know that this is a want, but it's a want that is going to be beneficial for me right now. So another piece with like that internal looking internally is um, finding that balance 
Another piece is what um, they focus on, like the intention, like what are our values? What are the, our priorities? And again, we talk about like this in like the goal setting piece with, you know, understanding what our values are, what our personal values and reflecting on those before we make different decisions. So if I know that I want to say for, um, for my kids, because there's a birthday coming up, but I also see something else that I want, um, just understanding that this is going to be like the most important thing for me to focus on right now. Um, and making like that conscious decision to do that. I think that the other do come on. Yes. Go ahead. Go ahead. Like awareness of like, so that's something like I'm trying to do right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause this, I think this is the first time I'm actually like announcing it on the podcast for real, but I'm pregnant. My baby's Yay. due in May and I'm trying to be very intentional about like our spending Mm-hmm. Kyle, Kyle, my husband, my spouse is saying that we are going to be Spartans and we're going to, you know, like really, you know, get deep down our expenses and make sure that we're not spending extra money. But I think that this is still very hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm finding that really difficult for me right now, I guess is what I, I wanted to like throw in there. That intentionality, just being right. mindful of the mm-hmm. values. It's mm-hmm. hard. I think this is something that's, you know, hard for lots of people. And, you know, when we think back again on practical strategies, when people have have found different things work for them, sometimes, you know, a photo or an image that they Mm -hmm. put on their refrigerator or their bathroom mirror or their computer where, you know, it just reminds them of this is my goal. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it could be, you know, a trip you're trying to save for, but it could also be, you know, something that makes you just think about putting away money for long-term education or something else. So I think, you know, mindfulness will help you stay in that place more often, but then it doesn't hurt to have these external stimulus either that will help you get back to that state. So I don't, I don't think having a picture there is really part of mindfulness, but I think it can help you when as a family. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that is a great point. And then, you know, just to what Seisha says too about like that intentionality piece leads to another part that was important. And that's that like acceptance piece. And part of like making different money decision um, is to avoid like that judgment, avoid judging yourself. If, you know, you are trying to stay on priority or, trying to stay on I have the savings goal and I need to save um, for an emergency and this is I have to put away this much each month I have to put away $200 each month and if one month you're unable to put away that $200 or you don't it hard on yourself so um, part of like that acceptance piece is you know observing like what your behaviors are instead of making like judgment because again something we said earlier we all make money mistakes and it's hard sometimes to mm-hmm. to to get over it like we're like i could have done better i know better i could have done better but you can get over it so part of like the mindfulness piece is acceptance like that self-acceptance as well too with trying to avoid judging yourself if you feel like you did not accomplish this goal that you want to do but definitely acknowledging that that's what happened I did see something in your notes that now I can't find exactly where it is that it kind of struck me that I wanted to make sure we were clear on with people was when we talk about being in the present and living in the present, that doesn't necessarily mean spending for yourself now and not paying attention to long-term 
right. goals or <laughs> yeah. desires, right? So mm-hmm. we're using the word present in kind of different ways here. So mm-hmm. um, you can be in the moment and be present and enjoy it and mm-hmm. feel good about it, but not necessarily um, at the same time, you know, um, what's the right word? Change your long-term plans, I guess, right. or hurt your long-term plans. So that makes and me that's think- a- Sorry, that's a great point that came up in um, a couple of the articles that I, I, I read, too, because they were focusing on they were trying to explain that as well to like, what does being in the present mean? Um, it's kind of like that focused attention to the present moment, but not necessarily that you are forgetting about the fact that you want to save for retirement or that you want to help your kids. Even if you can't fully help them um, with school or trade school, um, you do want to help them. So you don't forget about like the different things that you have planned, but you are also centering yourself where you don't get overwhelmed, where you don't get um, super anxious, but you still have those goals. Those goals still matter. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just going to say, I always talk about when we talk about savings for, you know, the future that uh, you need to save for yourself for the future. Otherwise, like future you is going to be really mad at past you. So like it's but it, but it brings you back to the present of like, this is what I'm doing for for future me. Right. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a good, good analogy and thought way to think about it. Thank you. So, so I had a couple of things, uh, a couple of other things on here um, that I wanted to us to briefly touch on before um, we get off. So, you know, there are different critiques of like mindfulness as well too, and especially when it comes to like money management, because again, it's a newish area, and so we're still figuring it out. Um, but um, I find the value in it because you know the work that we have been doing, like some of the um, tested, um, wonderful working strategies that we have used in personal finance are tied to like some of these concepts that we have covered. And we do work that focus on um, helping folks. And it, it might not be called mindful money practices, but it's practices that, you know, when we reflect on them and we've discussed some of them, when we reflect on them, we're like, well, you know, that could be, increased or um, could be considered like maybe a mindfulness technique or mindfulness concept that we can explore further as we're doing like money management piece. So just to highlight the fact that there are different critiques um, for a number of reasons, I'm not going to go into um, some of the ones that I found, uh, but knowing that it is one that it's a concept that I think for us as financial educators, it could be very beneficial for the work that we do. It just, it just adds value to me to to some of the things that we already do. Yeah, I think so. And I'm really looking forward to keeping my eyes out and sharing as we go forward, you know, more about this and more things that we could maybe bring into our programming and um, and that would be helpful to people. I think that'd be great. I mean, I'm just going to say as well, like, I think it's important for educators to be mindful of mindfulness <laughs> because I think it is, it is a growing field. And again, I think there is some correlation between mindfulness and financial well-being. So mm-hmm. I think that yes. as long as we continue to like keep looking at it, it's going to be a growing field that people are going to be really interested in. So whether it's, you know, at other educators who are learning it for the first time or even um, clients that we're helping, have better financial being. So I'm excited. Me too. All right. Are there anything else? This has been a really good discussion, very somberish kind of discussion for our first of the year. 
No, I, I don't see it as that somber. I, I think it's really hopeful. I mean, I think it's, yeah. you know, yeah, I, I feel like it's gives us me maybe a way to think about things in a little differently and to explore. I, I think it's great. I've enjoyed it. Thank you. Wonderful. Yes. Looking All forward right. to more podcasts in the future. Yes. All right. Thanks, everyone. It's always a pleasure. We love um, feedback from our listeners as well, too. So thank you so much uh, for being on and have a wonderful one. Thanks for listening to Family Financial Fuse. If you'd like to learn more about the educators, Extension in Illinois, or just personal finance in general, you can check us out on the web at www.retirewell.illinois.edu.